0: What can jazz fans actually glean from Keontae George's Summer League performances thus far? They have been spectacular. Find out next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. My name's Leif Tuline, and I'm excited and honored to be back with you guys on the wee hours of the morning on July 11th. Um, I'm back with you guys. Draft expert, credential draft analyst for Lockdown NBA, big board attendee of the NBA Combine, Utah Jazz broadcast assistant, attendee of the Summer League. And don't expect all the geeky numbers of usual for, with, with David Locke to be gone, but it's going to be a, a very basketball, ball is nice heavy segment today and i'm excited to be back with you guys as the jazz head to a what i've been saying is a critical juncture the jazz have kind of gotten past that but it's a big point and a guy who could play a huge role for the jazz going forward has made some impressive strides that's Keontae george thanks for making locked on jazz your first listen every day remember locked on jazz is free and available on all platforms including youtube at locked on jazz where the best way to help us grow is to comment anything below today's question is how many minutes per game do you want Keontae george to play in the regular season It's an interesting one. I'm curious to see you guys' responses because I haven't quite made up my answer yet here, and I'll try to address it. All right, what are we doing today? In the first segment, I'll discuss what pertinent takeaways from Keontae George's early performance, what what they are, and what Jazz fans can expect from him this year and beyond, and, and why that's important because Summer League tells a lot, but what does it truly tell for players, especially guards? In the second segment, I'll analyze what mattered from the Summer League game against the Timberwolves. The Jazz won again. That's nice, but what actually mattered from that game, I'll tell you. And in the final segment, I'll look about. I'll talk to you about uh, options for filling Paul Reed's spot that the Jazz thought they might get with that three-year, twenty-three million-dollar option that the uh, 76ers matched, and who could be backup fives or or what transpires should nothing happen. All right, let's dive right in. Keontae George impressed again. I mean, he was spectacular in his fourth Summer League game. He scored 33 points and 10 assists. I talked about that yesterday a little bit. And he scored and distributed expertly, like the best point guards do. Uh, I don't want to bury too much of the lead for the second segment, but he was, again, very impressive against the Timberwolves. So he, he was good against the Clippers. He was good against the Timberwolves. They're a little bit different, though. The first takeaway is what really matters. Is he's making a real effort to play point guard. And, and that's a position that's hard. Like, there is a demand to make the team function that no other position truly has the same levels of that demand that there are rigors to the point guard position. And he's making an effort to play the point guard. And it seems like he's thinking the game like a point guard yet he's wired to score and he's doing so effectively as well. That's awesome. And it seems to be, he, he seems to be having the lead guard position, the point guard position, and it seems to be more in his wheelhouse to be a primary ball handler than many thought. Like most people feared that, okay, like he's a score and maybe it's just going to be too much of a struggle. That was that was a real knock on him is like, can he pass? But like, I thought that was a six swing skill entering the draft. And if you guys want to look through my my draft reports, I recommend doing so be, because I, I think a lot of these players that you'll see early will will have swing skills that that you can tell, okay, they're going to have it, they're going to not. And, and one of them for Kante George was, I thought he he's a higher regarded prospect if he plays point guard than he does two guard because he can score, but the scoring is more valuable as a point guard if he can di- distribute, whereas scoring as a 6-4-2 guard only has its its value if you're among the elite of the elite at that. Like There are some guys that can do it, but not very many have that archetype carve-out that you can succeed and really succeed at the highest level, especially being defensively a bit of a liability, which at this point he is. Um, that makes the scoring more valuable. And my... my I think that's his swing skill, and I think so far he's he's reached it. Like uh, he's passed with flying colors in his first half of his first game. I was at it. I tweeted that he's not playing basketball. He's playing basketball. Then remembering to play point guard, and he's caught in between. Tony Jones responded to that as well, saying, "Facts. Like it, it's something that you can see if you've played enough basketball, and then you watch you watch enough basketball, you you can see when a player's thinking too much and not playing instinctively." Then Keontae George in the second half played very well. He scored 13 points and he was aggressive, but there was less of that thinking, but there was also less playmaking. And then in his, in his second game, he was better. He had a really good first half. He scored 14 points. Uh, He was aggressive and he was making right, the right passes. Like, there was a step in the right direction. He seems to be coachable there. There's a story that shows where he shows his lock screen, where he looks at his negatives in a draft report and is like trying to prove those wrong at all costs. That's, that's awesome. He was exceptional in his fourth game. We talked about this. 33 points, 10 assists, two, two turnovers. Like He was able to uh, accumulate seven of those assists super fast, and then he had the defense on his heels with a combination of scoring and passing. That's really hard to do in dominate a dominated game so easily. So I, I think what what's real what what can you really glean from his performances? Uh, I think he's shown he's quicker and leaner than he was at Baylor. Like I saw him play in person at, at Baylor twice, and he he was not this quick. He's leaner, he's more athletic, and that's against NBA level athletes. And some of them aren't quite NBA level players, but against those type of athletes that are better than the ones he faced at, at Baylor, where I saw him play at UC Santa Barbara and Creighton, and he did not. He wasn't gaining separation. Now he's really looking great and he played good athletes today too um he is not quite a defender at the nba level i think that's what's going to hinder him from getting real playing time i think offensively he belongs like he he already does i think there would be an adjustment in how he scores he'd have less time on the ball but but he belongs uh now what have others done who put up numbers in the summer league well the main one that people are going to remember is donovan mitchell scored 37 and he was really good. And then he was the best scorer in a series where they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder that sported Paul George and Russell Westbrook as, as a rookie. Is that feasible uh, for an expectation for Canton George? Not really. Like Donovan Mitchell had a really prime situation where he inherited a spot where they needed to score and Gordon Hayward had vacated it going July 4th to Boston. Uh, but I think you can tell when a player belongs in summer league. George could play and score a bit right now and he could play the point guard in the backup units or he could play and he could, and he could try to defend opposing backup point guards at a high enough level to earn a few minutes. But, but I don't know if he's quite able to defend a, a, in a way that that's conducive to winning. Like, I think you could put him in there, but the jazz have aspirations to to make the playoffs. Um, and I don't know if he's a good enough defender yet to make up, for what he is offensively. Like uh, it's, that's a real conversation that he's going to have to get better on that end of the floor. And I'm not concerned about that, but the immediacy of his playing time and the amount of it um, does hinge on that too. Aside from his amazing offensive skills in the latest summer league game, he tore up the nets. Like he, he was really, really good. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, but, but my conclusion about summer league, I think summer league matters because if you're a dude, you'll look the part and, and the, here's the real of what matters. like, it, he's groomed to be what matters is he's groomed to be a dude by by year three year four and the jazz cultivate and mold the ball of clay uh in a way that makes them create the most valuable player for them but development for he and the other rookies won't be linear like it, it just won't like sometimes he'll play sometimes he won't he'll score some days he won't others he'll be victimized defensively some days he'll be be better other days that's the fact but aside from the st- um Aside from the, the true, true stars, very rarely do the rookies have this ability to, to dominate in Summer League and then in the NBA. Like, I think you can see he belongs in Summer League and he has the capacity to be a dude, but it's hard for him to be that right away. Uh, it's hard. I think he's more like Jaden Hardy, who right away in Summer League looked really good um, last year and right now is too good for Summer League. Uh, I, I think it's, it's really interesting. Uh, because he's a player that fell in the draft a little bit like Keontae George. But I actually had him rated higher than Keontae George last year, and I think he's maybe got more of a potential because he's just a little bit more of an agile athlete. But Keontae George lost weight, and he's looking amazing. And Jaden Hardy now immensely has improved his stock at the end of last season, which is what I anticipate Keontae George can do. I think Keontae George will play a little bit. He'll play a little bit more. He'll have a couple days he won't play. And then by the end of the year, he's, he's factoring into the rotation. And as he does that, he sets himself up for a possibility of starting next year, at year two. Like I said, year three and year four are what matters. Um, And I think Keontae George really is is establishing the fact that he belongs among the upper echelon of summer league players. And where does that stack him up among NBA players? And that's what really matters because NBA players can capitalize against the, the deficiencies of summer league players. And that's what he's been able to do. He's looked really good. And I've got nothing bad to say. I just think you need to contextualize this—that only the dudes of the dudes uh, can can have this same mojo. So for the Jazz Nation, that's saying, like, you know what, starting point guard. I like the idea of throwing a guy into a fire. I do. Like, I like you know if if they're if they're really good, they'll make it. I like that notion, but I don't think it's as cut and dry. And when your team has aspirations of being good, I know they're not true title contenders, but they have aspirations of being good. And so it makes it a lot harder for a guy to grow that way. So that's why I preface it with that. Coming up next, let me tell you about what really matters about what happened against the Timberwolves from the last Las Vegas Summer League game. But first, a word from Ibotta. Ibotta. Uh, Taking a family summer vacation you've been planning, but dreading to buy all the necessities before you take off, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Enter Ibotta. Ibotta gives you a cash back on hundreds of grocery items you uh, from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account and, uh, or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 back per year. That could cover a lot, like a shopping trip. Uh, you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been dying to take or a restaurant you've been t- craving to try. Other apps give you Points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. Welcome back to. Welcome back to Locked On Jazz. Uh, the Jazz won tonight, or I guess last night, as this is in the wee hours of the morning. The Jazz beat the Timberwolves, hundred eight to ninety six, led by Keontae George and Johnny Juzang, who each scored twenty six points. George was uber efficient, going nine of fifteen from the field, five of ten from deep, dishing out seven assists. Awesome. I mentioned I'd break down his performance a little bit here. That's why I didn't quite get to that in the previous segment. Juzing scored 26 on 10 of 14 shootings. Unbelievably efficient in 25 minutes. Micah Potter added a double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Luka Samanich added 14 and 8. So what mattered from this game? Those are stat lines. Uh, The main takeaway I, I have... Keontae George without Ocha Agbaji today. Agbaji had been the best player, like the, the highest on the scouting report. No, those scouting reports probably aren't important in this summer league. You you kind of know who's carrying the weight. Agbaji had played a lot of minutes. He'd put up impressive numbers. He'd carried a lot of weight, and he was trying to take that sophomore jump where you put the ball in the player of the sophomore's hands, someone who who has experience in the NBA game as a role player and wants to take a jump and see what the team. Like the team wants to see what that player has and that player wants to show the team. Here's what I can do for you. So Keontae George now didn't have the cushion, the security blanket. That was Oshai Baji, who at times was the one that they were desiring to be the heavy lifter. And he took the pressure off and he was the man and he popped while doing so. That's huge. It's rare. A rookie looks like this because typically sophomores look too comfortable. And graduate from summer league, the, the the too good for summer league award. Like you saw Jalen Williams do it within one half against the Jazz. He barely played the second half in the first game of the summer league. Jalen Williams scored 22 in the first half, and he was killing everyone, including Ogbaju, who's a nice player. Ogbaju is a good player. At times, people said Ochagbaji was the third piece for the Jazz that was untouchable. It was Walker, Kessler, Lowry, Mark, and Ochagbaji. Well, Jalen Williams absolutely destroyed him and everyone else, and he took that leap. I'm not saying. Keontae George had that type of game where he was that much better than everyone. But in two games in Las Vegas, after some tune-ups in Salt Lake, Keontae George scored 33 and 26 on unbelievable efficiency and dimed the, has 17 assists in that meantime as well. Like that's really good. 59 points, 17 assists. All right. Sign me up. All uh, right. So why I bring that up? It's rare. Rookie looks, looks like that to graduate like from too good from summer league. I'm not quite sure he's at the too good for summer league, but he's close. And, and with no Ochai, George looked even more at ease in his role as the point guard and a score. Like I thought that would maybe make, make him score more because there's less of a, a less of an, another threat. Like he, he feels the necessity to do that. Well, yes, he had fewer assists, but he still had seven assists and looked at ease. The entire game it was unbelievably efficient. That's great. He spoke about that in his post-game interview as his role as a point guard with the team and how it's a concerted effort to be the point guard, to distribute because he said he knows he can score. Like he knows that second nature for him. So he's trying to play point guard and he's balancing the two. That, that's good. He knows what his aspirations are for this team, what the team's aspirations are for him. Okay, he knows he can score. He's learning how to distribute and he's doing a really good job doing so, taking advantage of summer league players. Let's see what he can do in the NBA because he, I think he's going to actually get minutes. I, I think what happens is if you take his total count of minutes, it's probably going to be like 11 a game because he's going to play a lot at the end of the year or something like that, or he's going to have a trade open up more playing time. But there's going to be a month or two where he plays significant minutes and he's going to have months where he, he hardly plays. So it's really similar to what I talked about with Paul Reed yesterday. When, he, when given the opportunity, how good is the player? And how much can you factor in? I think in the case of Keontae George, it's more about opportunity. And if he aligns himself with the possibility of being a starter next year, and so he's ready to go by year three. So what else stuck out? Samanich and Potter look like they've played more basketball than who they're, they're playing against. Like their opposition look outmatched in terms of knowing where to be and physicality. Lucas Samanich and Micah Potter are grown men. Uh, Samanich also appears athletically to belong with the better athletes. And honestly, Micah Potter does not. He, he has learned to optimize what he has to the best of his ability, but watching him courtside run against a guy like Azulas Tubelis, who's going to be fighting and clawing for a spot, but his best attribute is running for a big guy, um, which I wouldn't even say he's that great at compared to NBA bigs. Potter looked like he, his feet were stuck in, in wet sand. Uh, but he straces the floor. He's strong. He's physically smart about what he does, and he knows his role. He just He, he optimizes what he's got. But athletically, I don't think he belongs on the NBA court. Uh, but I think he's a two-way guy The Jazz likely will keep in that same, same role as someone who's dependable and has the size for what they want. Back to Keontae George real quickly. He got into the teeth of the defense and passed well from there, showing a floater game, uh, which I think is really important because the players that the Jazz want him to emulate, they want him to emulate the career path and, and the way they play, such as C.J. McCollum, uh, Jamal Murray. They they operate from that range and are extremely effective. But also he was able to pass from that area. He was able to get to the elbow and not just shoot floaters, mid-range shots. He was able to create dishes out to shooters, dumps to bigs. That's important. And the other thing about Keontae George's performance that I think we should note, Minnesota's team and the especially the players that defended him was very they were very athletic. So to to comfort uh like so there sometimes is comfort of being a better athlete if you're an NBA player against uh against inferior athletes. That wasn't the case for Keontae George, but it, I do take solace in the fact he's able to create space against the guys he played. Josh Mina is a freak athlete. He will be a contributor for the T-Wolves down the road. Leonard Miller was another guy who was in this game that I'm going to bring up in, in a moment. Uh, there, were, there were players on the on this team for the Timberwolves that athletically, I thought, could have given Keontae George issues the way he looked at Baylor. Right now, he's leaner, he's trimmer, and he's quicker, and he's, he's shown his improved quickness and physique in this game by creating those same shots and capitalizing as the catch and shoot guy as well another takeaway this is a little bit of a silly one but one that i think you know it, some jazz fans matt care about leonard miller who i was very high on and this is this is something that's way too early to tell for him uh, i had a lottery grade on him time will tell if that's true uh but he looked he looked the part he looked really good in this game and i could see him playing a role for the timberwolves and the jazz have all the timberwolves picks that's a player that i think Jazz fans might not be a big fan of down the road because he's going to help their stock um, as a guy who can play the big, he can play defensively and really make Minnesota more versatile and and talented defensively in second units. All right, coming up next, I'll talk about other options to, uh, to fill Paul Reed's spot that was meant to be for the Jazz and how they view the backup five, like who solidifies it, which solidifies like which player solidifies the rotation or is it as stands? I'll tell you that those thoughts coming up next, but first a word from Murdoch Hyundai. Murdoch's have been in Utah for over 80 years. Hyundai is the best car for your money. Safety uh, features, bells, whistles, and all from amazing cars at amazing prices. They've got it all. The SUV lineup is second to none. And in fact, my family has been looking at one and I am eager to ride in it as it, as the, the Colorado shipment has arrived. Um, the Tucson that's that's a car that I'm eager to ride in I think I'm going to have the chance to do so soon and, and try out the Santa Fe the Palisade, Palisade all great things I've heard rave reviews from many customers and I know people who have vouched for them themselves the I- Ionic 5 was elect, uh, elect Ionic 5 electric was named the Motor SUV uh, motor trend SUV car of the year by Motor Trend. And the Ionic 6 is even better. It looks like a Porsche and it just won World Car of the Year. There are three locations in Lyndon, Murray, and Logan. Yeah, check it out. Great people. Great folks. Welcome back into Locked On Jazz. Yesterday, we talked about Paul Reed and what his role would have been if he were here. He's not. Every Dares know that. And they also know if you didn't hear it, I believed he was the center for the second unit. I believe that even though Taylor Hendricks was the ninth pick of the draft, that Paul Reed would have been the backup five. John Collins and Kelly Olynyk would have also factored into those minutes, playing the four and five at times, um, and and playing when Walker Kessler's not on the court as the starting five. So that means Hendricks' minutes may be sparse. Okay, so I said maybe Hendricks does now get some of those vacant minutes as Paul Reed's not there. Maybe he does factor into the equation, playing alongside a guy like John Collins. Maybe it's John Collins, Kelly Olynyk, and Taylor Hendricks because. The Jazz are going to prioritize being positionally large, versatile, and be able to shoot the ball. All three of those fit those boxes. But like I said with Keontae George, I I think the Jazz are prioritizing molding these rookies that they believe have high potential and have high floors um, when when it matters most for them. Right now, the Jazz have a roster that, that can compete to a certain degree. And it's more important to cultivate the talent that they have, the young talent, for when they're ready to truly compete and not rush their progress. Like progress, you want it to be quick, but it's sometimes not linear. And even if it were, sometimes you can make the most growth in a slower, more conducive to learning environment. And I think that's what the G League could be for someone like Taylor Hendricks. I think they they might play him interspersed between the G League and back with the Jazz And then he plays sparingly. And then if there's an injury, he he plays more. And maybe he shines. That would be awesome. Maybe he's too good in that role when he does get the opportunity and the Jazz just are like, okay, that's a a player in our rotation. I hope that's the case. But I don't think it's the worst thing if that's not the case is what I'm trying to indicate. Like the Jazz want him ready to rock once he's developed in year three. Same will be the case with Sensible. We haven't talked about him as he's been out. I think Hendricks, by the way, speaking of him, May play by the end of this summer league, maybe game four, five, or six. Um, he's he's dealing with a hamstring issue. You don't want to push it. He hasn't been able to practice, so playing games is difficult. There's not a lot of practices in between as many games as the Jazz will play, both in Salt Lake and in Las Vegas. Uh, is recovering from knee stuff. Jonte George is thriving. I bet you these players want to play horribly and likely will when they're in the NBA as well. But I, I just think that sometimes... Slow progress or, or slower learning curves equals higher progress because they will get more opportunities to learn so rather than being thrust into the fire, um, especially on a team that has aspirations to be good. So, who on the market is available to, to be in this mix for the jazz in the front court? Twitter suggested PJ Washington, but he's a bit of the Paul Reed, a bit, bit ahead of Paul Reed in production. The reason I bring that up is Paul Reed has high production and limited exposure. But then if you look at all his minutes, he hardly plays. And and I know they have Joel Embiid in front of him. But it's hard to say a guy who scores like 15.7 points per game and 4.9 rebounds per game in P.J. Washington would want a minor role that likely would be the case here and would want the money that would likely be offered for him. Like I don't think he's thrilled in Charlotte. I I don't think he is at all. But I don't think he'd want to go to Utah and become a guy who – is behind a front court that's really heavy already and has a drafted player at his position. It would be interesting. Uh, Another player I think could consolidate depth, but it's a little bit of a different one. I've suggested this before. Is Kelly Oubre, also uh, a member of that same team in Charlotte. Uh, He's flashy. He's got talent. He could be a nice piece off the bench, and his value might be at a lower point than people think because he'd been injured, and so his production was from last year. I, I'm not saying he fills out the rotation in terms of who's a center, but you can have a big wing who can play alongside a lot of players in the second unit, could be a spot starter, can be an offensive spark plug and has the athletic capacities to be a good defender. The jazz are trying to be good enough to make the playoffs. Um, so that type of, that, that type of thing's still in play as for true bigs. Cause even Paul Reed's not like a true center. He, he would, he would have played center. He would have been the backup five, um, but he's not a very big guy. There there just aren't many. Like I even thought of a guy like Trendon Watford um, for the Blazers, who Jazz fans, if you know well, uh, the Blazers were not good in a few times that they have played here in, in Utah the last couple of years. And I did stats uh, both times that he came here, and Trendon Watford lit the Jazz up for 20 pieces. But the Jazz don't need a 6'9 point forward. Uh, they, they just don't. Um, so, And then as for bigs, maybe it's Orlando Robinson who's balling out for the heat in the summer league uh maybe it's because they've got this like track record of the fresno state big man maybe he could give you a chance i don't hate that that type of idea i just he doesn't have any track record for success yet so why would they accelerate like and, and move for for a player like him paul reed made sense they could overpay and maybe create philadelphia into a tricky situation where he's actually a good player he's established he's a good player he just plays behind the mvp And now you can get more value out of him. You overpay just a touch based on what the production was, but it might end up being an equal payment because of what he could do. I don't see many players that have the same situation as Paul Reed, where he's behind a star and he's really productive in what he does. Like think of what Paul Millsap was early in his career in Utah. He was really productive, but he played behind Carlos Boozer. Then he got a chance to flourish with the Jazz briefly. And then he went to my, uh, went to Atlantic, excuse me. And, and he became an all-star. I'm not saying Paul Reed's going to become an all-star, but I think that there are, are players that are limited by their their playing time more so than their capacities. And I think the Jazz would target one of those. Not many appear open on the market or that I'm creative enough to think about. So uh, there aren't many I, I think are worth pursuing. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise and Hendricks gets a chance, but I likely see the combination of Samanich and Hendricks playing sparingly, backing up Collins and Kessler. Um, and Kessler's the five Collins may play some minutes at the backup five as they may be staggered. And as the front court goes, the jazz still have good depth Lowry is seven feet tall, Kelly Olynyk seven feet tall. John Collins is a tremendous athlete and is six ten. Uh, you have Walker. Kessler who is a great up and coming uh, rim protector. Lucas Samage is a big guy. The jazz have such size. They don't need a true, true backup five because they can stagger these players. They're big enough to still uh, be a deterrence at the rim even though Paul Reed's like a shot blocker. I, I think I think the Jazz likely don't make any trade unless it's an established player. And that I think they'd likely trade for an established player at a different position than the backup five. Thanks for listening to Locked On Jazz today. As always, every dayers look forward to tomorrow's episode. We will talk a little more Summer League. I'm going to have some clever ideas for you. I don't want to give them away yet because I have a few in the process. But if you want to delve more into the Summer League, see what rookies stocks are up, which ones are down, which players really are standing out live, then listen to Locked on NBA Big Word. I haven't been on in a little bit. I'm looking forward to rejoining. But right now, Richard Stam and Rafael Barlow are in Vegas, and they do an amazing job. Check them out on Locked on NBA Big Word for your second listen. Thank you for making Locked on Jazz your first. And as always, you guys know me. Go Jazz!